Hi, this is Cynthia Mosser of Art Chat Northwest, a podcast about artists in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm here today with David Shell, an artist and painter from the region. Yes? Yes. Okay, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you for having me. Of course. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your show. You're having a show right now at Orange Studio. Right. On 0726 Southwest Gaines Street, Portland, Oregon, 97239. And that's in the South Waterfront area. And then Orange Studio, O-R-A-N-J Studio.com. And that show is up until August 31st? Correct. Great. Yes. Up until the end of the month. Wonderful. So I'd like to start the talk today, and I'd like to know a little bit, just to get to know your background, tell me a little bit about that. Your background, your education, where you're from. Well, I, uh, I actually grew up here, or in a, a suburb of Portland, um, out in the Beaverton area. My folks are still out there. It's um, still kind of a semi-rural area right outside the urban growth boundary, um, which I think had a real impact on me and it's a place that I still go back to and see it changing uh, over time. Um, they're sitting on a beautiful piece of property with, with trees and fields around them and there are neighborhoods um, that are filling in right next to them. Uh, and so when I was growing up, I by the time I was done with high school, I knew I wanted to go to art school. I had a couple of great high school art teachers, had a huge influence on me, and my parents very wisely said, do a year at the University of Oregon, try everything, see if this is just a phase, and then if you still want to do it, go for it. And that year at the University of Oregon was fantastic. Uh, the art department there was great. One of my favorite teachers of all time uh, was there and ended up having connections to other teachers that I had later on in art school. So it was a fantastic year and it convinced me that I actually needed to get out of the Northwest and go somewhere else. Uh, so I got into the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and landed in a big city that I knew absolutely nothing about. Uh, so that was a um, that was a really eye-opening experience for me. And I think by the time I got to college, I think I was uh, I had like academic wanderlust. Like I just wanted to go places and do things and see different parts of the world. So I'd, I'd, when I grew up in Beaverton, I had gone to school basically in the same place for all 12 years with many of the same friends over those, you know, the entire 12 years. So got to U of O, transferred to the Art Institute of Chicago, immediately signed up for a study abroad program for the following year, which ended up being divided into two portions, the south of France near Avignon and a little program called Lacoste, um, which I think is run by the Savannah College of Art and Design now, uh, an amazing experience. And then the second semester was in uh, an art school in Paris, which I had no business being in because I did not speak French very well at all. Do you speak French well now? Uh, I think I could be a really good tourist. I think that's about it. <laughs> and in regard to Chicago, now I'm, my next question is, is there anything that inspires you? Do you think Chicago influenced the way your work looks now? Uh, absolutely. I, I don't know if it influenced the way particularly that it looks, but I think being at that school 
the classes, many of the classes that I took were on the back side of the museum. We had a student pass. Um, so in the middle of class or during lunch, we could wander into the museum and go see uh, the Cezanne paintings or the Matisse's in there. And I, I just remember vividly doing that um, and continually going back to those images and wondering how on earth they, they did it. You know, you'd put your own paintbrush to canvas and it really didn't seem magical all that often as a student. <laughs> the process was magical. Um, the learning was great, but, uh, but then you'd wander into that museum and, and you really saw how hard the bar was. Right, now your paintings, in your paintings, you talk about systems and structures that are transforming or even falling apart. Can you tell me what that is about? Yeah, yes, I think the, the, the flip side of that is um, I'm really interested in a temporary sense of stability. The look of something feeling like it's coming together and has a logic all its own. And I've been thinking a lot about when I was younger, something, something happened. There was, a, it was about 12 or so, and, and my peers and I, we were asked a question by this well-meaning adult, and I, I can't for the life of me remember who it was, if it was a parent or a teacher, but the question was, what do you want to be doing in five years? And I was, and I was 12, and I think the, the question was meant to inspire us to think about time as this very linear, and finite thing. Uh, we were thinking we were supposed to think about a, a goal and then the steps we would take to achieve that goal and then the sense of accomplishment that we would have when we reach that goal. And I just remember as a 12 year old thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Like five years just seems like a crazy amount of time that absolutely cannot happen. Five years is not gonna pass. Why would I even think about this question? And then about two years later, uh, when I was 14, that is when I started to think about that question in a very limited way. Like, what, what do I want the end of the week to look like? And I started to really understand that time was gonna pass whether or not I did something and I really wanted to get stuff done. So it usually involved like I wanted to get some lawn mowing jobs so I could make some money and I wanted to learn something on my guitar and if I got those two things accomplished, I was really, really happy. So part of that was uh, kind of starting to understand just blocks of time. And with that, I was thinking about how with each block of time, I was a very different person. So by the time I was 14, I was thinking back on that 12-year-old and thinking, oh man, that kid was ridiculous. I, you know, and the flip side of that was thinking about how I am now, this is me, I'm 14, this is who I am. And that lasted until I was, you know, 15 or 16. Right. And so with each iteration of my personality, um, you, I, would, I would think of myself in a very, a very different way and I would think about the past as being very separate. Does this relate to the systems and structures? Yeah, so the way this relates to the systems and structures is that, uh, well, I think I would say that the, the systems and structures have really transformed into something else, that it's turned into moments of stability. It's about a temporary sense of, of order and logic. Having things feel like they belong together with some sort of 
personal intuitive sense of, uh, of understanding, um, but that they could also, I want the images that I'm working with to look like they could fall apart at any moment as well. I think that relates to life. Very much so. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think the more I think about those childhood experiences and starting to understand blocks of time and how that had an influence on you know, my perception of history, culture, of language, of myself, or of other people, whatever it is you're, you're looking at, there's more of an understanding that it is this limited sense of um, organization. Right. Now your work also, you know, it has, you're talking about things that are falling apart and that are transforming. What I find interesting is in your discussion of it and your artist statement that you also have an inability to follow your own directions. Yes. What um, does that mean? Yes, I well, I think it has to do with the process uh, that I try to work with. And almost all of my paintings start out as drawings. I do a lot of sketching, a lot of preliminary drawings with both pencil, pen, sometimes with paint. And I really try to plan things as much as possible. So during that planning phase, I'm very interested in the idea of, of uh, that surrealist notion of automatism that you can just let go and draw, even though I think we all know that you can't really ever let go completely. It's things are controlled in some way, but just trying to loosen up and let things happen is a big part of the process. At the same time, I like organization, I like structure, so I'm always imposing that on the random marks that I might be making. Um, so over time, those drawings turn into a, a more completed form, and I try to use those as much as possible as my, my template for what the larger paintings are gonna look like. Um, you know, I usually think about colors, I'll think about dimensions. The one thing I've found as they start translating from drawings into paintings is that the, the material is just so different. So once that scale changes and the material changes, then I've got to start thinking about surface, about layering, texture, just all the physical properties that come with oil paint. And so the, what, I, what I realize is that the drawing, the sketch, is, is just a starting point. Right. I think it's always paintings kind of take on their own life after you, you plan on it, but then it takes on its own life. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now your work also has three dimensional aspects to it. Some perspective, some light and shadow. Is that intentional? Very. Okay. Yeah. I, I want the, I want the three dimensional qualities to uh, sort of slip in and out of space. I don't want them to be realistic right. in, in any way. The perspective is never one point perspective. It's almost always uh, something that's, uh, the lines are parallel to one another or not converging right. um, with one another. And I like those slips of space. I, I like things to be flat and then fall into a slight illusion uh, right. of, of three dimensions. Great. Now your work is also very colorful. I'm really interested in where you get these color combinations. They're really fantastic. I mean, thank you. Yes, thank you. A, a lot of it is um, part of the drawing process, and so we do have a couple of dogs here that are, <laughs> want to be in on the conversation. Um, okay, so so the question is color combinations. I 
do a lot of experimenting with color and I try to let it be as intuitive as possible and it's that feeling of whether or not the color is right or not you know you just kind of you just kind of know it if it's wrong you really know it do you plan it ahead of time I try to plan it with the drawing quite a bit. It ends up changing, but I will try to be fairly precise, or as precise as I can be, in the drawing phase, just to, just to have a sense of where the colors are gonna go and how they're gonna interact with each other. And do you look to anything, to nature, for inspiration, or? I, graffiti or, you know, what have you? Right, right, I, I used to look to nature I used to look to nature. I actually did landscape painting for about 10 years and I was, I was obsessed with it. And the one thing I really loved about landscape painting, I should say one of the things, was just looking at what was in front of me and looking at the light, the color, the interaction of something in nature against something that was human made. All of those things, I think, had a really lasting influence on me. Right. Do you feel like you get any of your color from the Pacific Northwest, or is it just... Some. Um, I think some of the vibrant color is definitely connected to summertime, some of the more subdued colors to wintertime, but they're, but they're, not, at all, they're not at all meant to be representations of, of place. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now your paintings are fairly large, medium size to large. Mm -hmm. Does this size feel natural to you, and has, have you always worked in this size? Uh, I haven't always worked in this size, but a lot of these paintings, um, in part because they were the, the dimensions of the original drawings, that as I scaled them up, I was wanting to keep those same dimensions, but also I was thinking about getting the paintings to a size where when I was standing in front of them, I felt like I was relating to them physically, like my, my body, my size uh, was connected to them. So they don't get terribly large. They don't get much bigger than 30 by 40. And I have recently been experimenting with a bit of smaller work, which is really satisfying as well. It's a whole different group of problems. That are right. Okay, great. Thank you. So David, what is your goal for yourself as an artist? Is there an ideal that you have for yourself or an intention that you'd like for your career? Uh, well, I think first and foremost, I, I want to keep making the work. I, I work full time. I have a couple of kids. I have, my, you know, lots of obligations, but uh, doing the work is really important to me. And a, a, a teacher in graduate school gave just the best advice. Uh, he said, you, you know, you can't get too upset when somebody doesn't like your work. If it's a, uh, you know, a teacher, a friend, uh, um, some random person looking at your work, you just, you can't let that get to you. And the flip side of that is that you can't get too excited when somebody else does like your work. So it, it really isn't about those other people. You just have to keep listening to yourself and what you want to be making. So my goal is to keep making the work that I think is the most important work I can make, um, the stuff that feels right and looks right to me, and then to get it out into the world in some way. And eventually, would you like to be in a gallery? Absolutely. Yeah, I think having that sort of consistent um, representation is a, is a great way for an artist to get their work uh, Would you like that there. to be in the Northwest? Or? I would love it to be in the Northwest. You would. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, David, yeah. Um, tell me about any shows you may have coming up other than the ones you have now or any anything going on in the future? Yeah, I, I'm very excited to be a part of a group show at Nine Gallery uh, in Northwest Portland um, in October. It's being curated by Maria Innocencio uh, and she's putting together a group of artists for a fundraiser. So I'm looking forward to being a part of that and hopefully having some uh, new work to put in there. Now the nine galleries inside the Blue Sky Gallery. Isn't Correct. It? Yes. Great. All right. So David, um, I always do this at the end of my interviews. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Bring it Ten on. Ten of them. Bring it on. I am so ready. Okay. So here we go. I'd like to know your favorite color. Uh, orange, maybe green. Great. Favorite paint brand. Williamsburg. Favorite gallery. I'm I'm gonna go with a it's a non-commercial space, but it is the 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 Agnes Martin room in the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. It is absolutely beautiful. It's a sublime space. If you haven't been in there, it really is a wonderful experience. I haven't been in there. I love her work. Okay, favorite place to travel. I will go anywhere. Just get me out of town for at least a weekend. Favorite food or restaurant. On two ends of the spectrum, I think on a night where we are just too busy to cook around the house, our go-to spot is a pizza from Dove Vivi, uh, which is fantastic. And then on the other end of the spectrum, a place I'm dying to get back to and will be at next week is Ava Jean's out on Division, which is a fantastic restaurant. Right. All right, your favorite 80s band or song? Oh, it, it has to be My Ever-Changing Moods by the Style Council or anything by Prince. If you could meet one dead artist, whom would you choose? Um, I think I'm going to go with Giotto, and I love that era. I love that sense that he was he was an artist. He understood himself to be an artist, but still was coming out of a tradition of being just a, a craftsperson, somebody that just had to get the job done. And I would love to see that for a day even if I was just the guy sharpening pencils or grinding paint over in the sure. corner, I just would want to be around it. What do you do every day that reminds you that you're an artist? I, I think I let myself zone out, and by that I mean uh, I let myself just look at something visual. It might just be a color on a wall or the way the light is coming through a window, a tree, something, and I will I will catch myself staring at it and I'll just let myself continue to stare. I don't think it looks pretty to the outside world. Uh, it probably looks I'm just like I'm just staring off into space, but it is it's an important moment. What is the one thing you think an artist should do every day? Something that is related to your craft and your career as an artist, even if it's just sending an email to meet another artist or doing a sketch or uh, just anything that is connected to your actual career as an artist. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would it be? Yeah, I mean, I live in Portland, so I don't, I don't really understand the question. It just doesn't make any sense to live anywhere else. Great. But this is a good spot. Great. Excellent. Great answers. <laughs> So I'd like to conclude the interview by just reviewing your show again. It's at the Orange Studio in the South Waterfront area until August 31st, correct? Right. 0726 Southwest Gaines Street, Portland, Oregon, 97239. And the hours are Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 9 to 5. 
and Orange Studio. That's O-R-A-N-J studio.com. Thank you so much, David. I just loved hearing about your art life and your, your ideas about art and your painting. Thank you, Cynthia, for having me on the show. Yes. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much.